Good morning from the newsroom of the Financial Times. Today is Tuesday, September 10th, and this is your FT News Briefing. Attorneys general from almost every U.S. state launch an investigation into Google's search and advertising dominance. And just before the U.K. Parliament entered a five-week suspension that Boris Johnson ordered, the House of Commons voted down the Prime Minister's second attempt to hold a snap general election. Plus, the FT's retail banking correspondent, Nicholas McGaw, tells us about the £50 billion British banking scandal caused by the misselling of payment protection insurance. But first, the FT's Eric Platt broke the story on SoftBank, pushing WeWork to shelve its hotly anticipated stock market listing. He'll unpack what this means for the loss-making property group. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. On Monday, we revealed that WeWork's largest backer, SoftBank, was getting a bit nervous about the IPO, given that the valuation WeWork was expected to get was significantly below the valuation it had clinched earlier this year in a fundraising round. And SoftBank is now putting pressure on WeWork to shelve the IPO, postpone it until you can get a higher valuation, or find anchored investors now that are willing to kind of help keep the valuation above $20 billion. Our sources are telling us that bankers were testing investor appetite around 15 to $20 billion for WeWork. And consider this earlier this year, when SoftBank invested a billion dollars into the company, they valued it at $47 billion. So it's a huge discount. WeWork does have quite a bit of capital and cash commitments already. In fact, they're going to get another $1.5 billion from SoftBank next year in 2020. But this raises you know, big questions about how rapidly they can expand to new countries and new cities. And do they actually need to slow that growth to show investors in Wall Street that, hey, profitability isn't so far away? Because that's the one question that keeps coming up. How does this business ever become profitable? Early this morning, the House of Commons voted a second time to thwart Boris Johnson on his attempt to hold an early UK general election. The FT's George Parker reports from Westminster on the latest in a series of failed parliamentary votes for the prime minister. He needed to get 434 votes, that's two-thirds of the House of Commons, to secure an early election. In the event, he only secured 293 votes. That means the Prime Minister is essentially trapped in 10 Downing Street, and it means he'll be going to a European Union summit in Brussels on October the 17th and 18th, trying to secure a Brexit deal that he can present to Parliament. If he doesn't get that deal, he says he's still determined to take Britain out of the EU on October the 31st, with or without a deal. The problem is the House of Commons has just passed a law telling the Prime Minister if he can't get a deal, he has to go back to Brussels to request an extension to Britain's Article 50 exit process. And there were some signs in Dublin where the Prime Minister was meeting the Irish T-shirt Prime Minister, Leo Varadkar, that the government's starting to soften its position on the key issue of the Irish border backstop, a key part of Britain's withdrawal treaty, a sign that probably the Prime Minister is now realising that a deal may be the only way out of his current predicament, and then on to a general election in October. But just to reiterate, Parliament now has been suspended for five weeks or so called prorogation until the Queen opens the next session of Parliament on October the 14th. Boris Johnson will be there for that occasion. He will be in Brussels a few days later, and his attempts to force the pace in British politics by holding that election has been blocked by opposition parties which don't want an election before the prospect of a no-deal exit has been taken off the table. 
and U.S. attorneys general are coming after Google. AGs from 50 U.S. states and territories launched an antitrust investigation into the company on Monday. Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton led the group of legal officials from both parties as they announced the probe on the steps of the Supreme Court. While many consumers believe that the Internet is free, certainly we know from Google's province of $117 billion that the Internet is not free. Eight of the attorneys general involved in the Google investigation have also launched a separate antitrust inquiry into Facebook. Google is also under investigation by the U.S. Department of Justice. Last week, the DOJ demanded the company turn over records related to a previous antitrust investigation by the Federal Trade Commission. And here's a closer look at a story you should know more about. Payment protection insurance started off with the best intentions. If you're unfamiliar with the UK banking product, PPI was designed to protect a borrower's repayments on a loan, credit card, or mortgage if they became sick or lost their job. And PPIs were once extremely profitable for British banks. They could take commissions of up to 80% on the actual value of the premiums, which turned out to be a big problem. In the early 2000s, banks started to very aggressively push these products onto as many customers as possible even if they didn't know what they were signing up for and if they weren't eligible for payouts. The FT's retail banking correspondent, Nicholas McGaw, has more on what has become a £50 billion scandal. It took a long time to really get going. The the very earliest criticisms came in the early 90s. It was not until the sort of mid-2000s that criticism started really kicking off. So around 2005, a lot of big consumer groups started to make some noise about this, that attracted the attention of regulators who moved to ban a couple of the most egregious types of PPI and also stop people from selling it at the same time that they sell the loan, which the banks resisted at every stage, although they kept losing in this fight. And then the most important thing happened in 2011, where there was a court ruling that said the banks have to change what they're doing going forwards, but they're also eligible to compensate people who they sold this product to under the old rules. And recently you wrote about that compensation and how it's added up over time. Nick, what happened? So when the court ruling first came through in 2011, people thought the estimates in the industry for how much this could cost the whole sector was about £4.5 billion. In hindsight, they wildly underestimated how big it was going to be. Eight years later, banks have paid out more than £4.5 billion this year alone. And the total, as of Monday, hits more than £50 billion. What kind of effect does this have on the banks? As a first basic impact, it's driven down profits substantially for the last eight years. Lloyd's Banking Group, which is the UK's biggest retail bank by market share and was the biggest corporate in the PPI scandal, has paid out more than £20 just from them over the last eight years. And that is significantly more than they've made in pre-tax profits in the same period. So that's the kind of first order impact. The second, kind of harder to measure, but potentially more impactful thing has been that if you're an investor, it's been really hard to get a long-term sense of the health of these banks because you can look at the business as it's going at the moment and think that maybe things are okay or look at the economy and think that things might be good. But there's been this constant threat hanging over them of more and more and more and more PPI charges. And with each update, people said they hoped that this was the last one and this would be the end, but it just seemed to be something that was never ending. So, Nick, why did we see this number hit 50 billion pounds? So the Financial Conduct Authority, which is the 
main regulator of the banks in the UK set a deadline of August the 29th. That's the very last date beyond which you can't submit any more complaints about PPI. That was part of why there's been such a surge in provisions from the banks in the last few weeks, because as that deadline approached, customers really started to pile in as many complaints as possible just to try and beat that cutoff point. The positive of that for banks in the long run is that it should mean that these last few provisions that are coming through will be the end of it finally. However, the FCA's head of retail banking supervision did tell the Financial Times just ahead of the deadline that he was still concerned that the cultures that led to that mis-selling in the past haven't necessarily been completely fixed. And that as conditions get a bit more difficult for banks in the future, there is always a danger that this sort of thing comes back round again. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. Today, we'll be following Apple as it holds its annual hardware event. While it's expected to reveal the most expensive iPhone yet, analysts say the smartphone looks set to underwhelm. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.